Episode 28, Behind the Veil, Part 2. Hi, this is Dragnacarta, DM for Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. You're listening to the Twice Bitten Podcast, a campaign where five Curse of Strahd DMs head back into the mists for a hauntingly familiar adventure. Starring Jack as Betrion, Kaya as Lillison, Linus as Amity, Serena as Kiva, and Twy as Erthrandir. You can catch the horror live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Twitch at twitch.tv slash rcurseofstrahd, or watch new episodes every Monday on YouTube at youtube.com slash c slash rcurseofstrahd. You can also listen to new episodes of this podcast weekly at anchor.fm slash twice-bitten, or wherever you like to syndicate your podcasts. Now, let's get right to Ravenloft. And welcome back, everyone, to Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. So, where were we? I believe we were parting the veil between life and death. Ah, yes. So we were. And so... Amity and Erthrandir, as you together feel the whispering beyond the veil, as you open your senses and delve deeper into the meditation, as you part that veil and open yourselves to the beings or entities that may dwell beyond, out of the corner of your eye, you see the arcane flame, the the violet or purple that is so dark that it is almost black that it seems to swallow up the light that dances from the wick of the candle at the center of the pentagram flares doubling in size hissing and spitting sparks and embers before shrinking back to its ordinary size but this time there's something different more vivid about the candlelight and as it flickers continuing you hear the whispering begin to grow louder as around you the gray light of the Barovian afternoon begins to shift. You watch as the shadows begin to grow longer, darkening, deepening. As the space around you, the trees, the tents, the bushes, even the river feels almost insubstantial, indistinct, the edges growing fuzzy, almost ethereal. And as you open your eyes, you watch as the area around you begins to grow dark. As mists begin to swirl at the edges of the circle. Soft, probing tendrils of fog and air mixing in the place where water, earth, flame, and wind meet. They swirl very faintly, and in the shimmers of mist you can see faint depictions of faces and then a silhouette here or there that then vanishes swirling into nothingness but no that was a face eyes pale and dead glancing forward for a moment here dark hair another one a hand pressing against the edge of the circle and slowly they begin to resolve into something clearer 
around you, you can see at first only a couple and then a dozen, then dozens of silhouettes, ghostly and dark, inset with shadow, but still insubstantial. Fuzzy around the edges, their features like illustrations with the boundary lines removed, fading and fuzzing out into the atmosphere around them. They're you see amongst them men, women, children, mostly human. But amongst them, you can see the occasional dotting of a, another race. You see elves. Well, you think dusk and otherwise. You see dwarves, orcs. You see a halfling or two. And toward the back, you see a great towering silhouette with what seems like a bull horns, perhaps reminding you of illustrations you've seen of the Minotaur. All of them together, pushing forward a crowd, a horde of spirits, of souls, pressing against the edges of the circle, with pleading faces, dark eyes, begging. But you watch as their fingertips press sadly against the edges of the circle and stop, as if meeting an invisible pane of glass that stops them there. They don't attempt to force their way through, but they push together their forms blurring, shifting, almost in a way that makes it queasy to look at them. All of their eyes fixed on you, Amity. And then after a moment, the whispers fall in volume. Their dark gazes lingering patiently as if waiting to be called. Amity's eyes open wide and they are black with tendrils. Thunderclap booms overhead and Amity calls spirits as her voice booms. Hear me. Answer if you can. Enter. Arthur just pressed against the wall of the circle, his eyes wide and terrified. You hear their voices mixing, gasping, rasping. What do you seek? What do you wish to bind? Name it, name us, call us. What gift can we offer? I seek the future. The whispers flare into a bustle of conversation activity and slowly across a circle to your left, the crowd parts, the pale faces falling indistinct amongst the crowd as the wall of spirits makes way for one to slowly drift forward. It's an insubstantial shape swirling with the edges of mist, but that slowly has reaches a finger toward the invisible glass that separates the inside from the outside of the circle where the spirits dwell. There's a ripple, as if across the surface of water. And the spirit relaxes as you watch its bony finger poke very faintly through. Slowly, it continues to spill forward, pushing its way as if through molasses, perhaps pushing aside a veil as it steps, flowing like silvery water into the center of the circle. 
hovering yes. over the candle. You can see yes. that the silhouette. Sure. You can see that the silhouette take on takes on more form, a clearer appearance. It's, as the features become less indistinct, you see an old woman with silver hair and olive skin, a long stole over her shoulders, marked with colorful patterns and iconography, with delicate silver chains hanging from her ears. Gray, frizzy hair marked with bright spots of silver that hangs over the sides of her head, in a way almost similar to Esmeralda, but older and softer with age. She fixes her dead eyes upon you. You seek the future, child. Name what gift I may give. I seek an augury spirit. Name yourself and give me your gift if you can. The voice or the, the ground under them begins to tremble like in a, an earthquake. The spirit, the Vistana, for that is what she appears to be, bows deeply. Once I was called Damia, but today I am less. But what you seek, I can deliver it. Have you the keys of the inner sight? Present them to me. Amity looks uh, into the eyes of the spirit uh, as the candle flares up. See into my eyes. See the inner sight. I see it, child. There's potential there, but... Very good. And the tools. I see that... Zatoroka seeks to speak through you. Have you those keys upon you? Amity takes out the deck and fans it out on her lap, the cards shaking as the ground trembles. The spirit eyes it slowly and then nods. Then I give to you, my dear, my gift of sight. May you use it well. And slowly she places her hand, still floating and ethereal, her hair drifting in every direction, tinged with a ghostly silver light. Reaches out and places her hand upon the surface of the deck. You watch as the cards begin to glow a faint, ethereal, quicksilver, shimmered blue. And then slowly, the woman's features begin to ripple, growing indistinct as the trails, the boundaries across her begin to blur, growing into mist and dissipating. And then slowly, you watch as those mists are drawn into the deck, as the light around it glows brighter and brighter. As the last of the mist vanishes into it, you hear a woman's voice distant and indistinct. And then the whispering slowly begins to fade. As the darkness around you slowly begins to swirl, the spirits around you beginning to retreating, their whisperings contorting their faces, twisting with both disappointment and patience with the thought that perhaps one day they too would be called. 
in their midst, you think you see the mist beginning to reform, but for now, you watch as there's a faint glow, like a shimmering cerulean heartbeat about the deck. And then slowly, you watch Erthrandir as the inky black void begins to drain from Amity's eyes, as the spirits begin to grow further away, not as if they are moving, but as if you are growing both further and smaller and more insubstantial with each passing moment. And then you blink. And the gray light of the Serapool encampment spills out across you once more. The darkness vanishes. The candlelight extinguishes. And Amity immediately begins running her hands over the deck, shuffling it, feeling it, and casting augury. And just continues to, to riffle the cards until it, it feels right to deal one. And she's casting Augury to ask whether it would be good to send a message to the Raven man who had helped us defeat Ezek, asking him about the prophecy about the oldest feathery leader. All right, and as you turn the card, you feel that pulse of energy. And flipping it up to its rightful side, you see the shepherd, a symbol of wheel. Amity smiles, and the candle's flame flickers back to the normal orange as she gathers the cards and wraps them back up in the cloth. As you do, you think you hear a very in-the-distance sigh. A shudder goes down your spines, and from the deck of cards, you see, almost imperceptible to the eye, a faint blue mist dissipating, forming in its currents a familiar woman's face that then vanishes into the air. I'm grateful. Now, fly free. Amity says as she departs. She turns to Erthrandir. Ah, uh, good news. They said it was a good idea. Erthrandir's just staring at her. He's, like, on his... Like, on his back, hands kind of propping himself up as he just, like, looks between the Taraka deck and her. What the fuck? Um, uh, uh, are you okay? You, they, there were so many of them that, that, so, I didn't, I didn't know you were calling that, he, he's stammering. I, it, good job, uh, congrats, I'm, I'm glad it works, that was a, incredibly powerful. 
Thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty pumped. I, I, I guess, <laughs> I, I felt like I wasn't completely in in the driver's seat there. Um. I guess it's, it's like you said, you know, d- danger and focus. I guess so. Yeah, um, good job. Or do you feel all right? Do you feel yourself? I- absolutely. Erthrandir is going to roll insight. He wants to be sure it's still really Amity in there. <laughs> Seems like Amity, uh, though she's less phased by the what just happened than you are, for sure. Oh, okay. Well, I, I guess you should do your sentence spell then. I'll, I'll I'll give you a bit of privacy. And he gets up a little too quickly. I'm gonna go check on Millicent. You look kind of nervous. Is 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 everything all right? I'm just not used to seeing souls like that. It's uh, a bit unnerving, kind of. Um, uh, ghosts kind of freak me out as a rule. That you know, it's people not where they're supposed to be. Oh, r- right. No, it's not. It's not your fault. I just, I need some time. But Amity you... nods and gives him some space. And she is going to go ahead with uh, the sending spell once he departs. Yeah, okay. he's going to go you? find Lillison, probably. Alright, who is Amity sending to, and what is she sending? Amity is sending to the... Uh, well, she wouldn't know he's a were-raven, but the one who helped us kill Ezek. And she is sending this message. Uh, Heyo. Magic communication. Uh, you helped defeat Ezek. Thanks. Update. A fortune teller prophesized oldest feathery leader able to help us kill Strahd. Who's that? Tomorrow, can we... And that's... Then it cuts off because that's 25 words. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, what was the middle part <laughs> of it? I can repeat that if you want because it was a little yes, compressed please. with space. Yes. Okay. Heyo. Um, magic communication. You helped defeat Ezek. Thanks. Update. Fortune teller prophesized, quote, oldest feathery leader, unquote, able to help us kill Strahd. Who's that? Tomorrow, can we... Gotcha. Okay, there's a moment of pause. Uh, you feel for certain that your message was received and then you hear in the uh, familiar voice cool magic communication I guess I don't know what you're looking for but maybe ask uh, folks at the Blue Water Inn They'll be able to tell. And I haven't counted the exact number of words, but at some point it cuts off. Uh, you had five left. 
Sorry. Uh, they'll be able to tell more. Oh, I guess I... And then it cuts off. I, I should start counting these words ahead of time and, and telling people they have 25. I, I guess it's hard to do 25 words. Um, and he makes a note of that and uh, will then go join any other groups of people who look like they're having fun. So what are... Jeez, uh, okay, so Kiva's in the woods. Amity and Erthrandir just finished a seance. Um, I guess the ones remaining are Erthrandir and Lillison. And Metreon. Uh, yeah, Metreon was heading towards the woods where Kiva went. Gotcha. All right, so Metreon is heading toward Kiva. Uh, what's Lillison doing? Lillison is standing pretty much exactly where Kiva left her. Uh, still just standing and looking at her hands. Gotcha. Well, all right, so the seance takes about an hour. So I would say, Metreon, you, if you'd like to follow Kiva, you have uh, time aplenty to do so. Okay. Uh, yeah, as he's going in, uh, he's careful stepping in and, and takes a moment before finding her, actually probably a few minutes, of just flexing his hands and his fingers and trying to refine and focus his ability of uh, disguise. And he fluctuates between himself and the olive tone that he he aspires to have um and at some point during this i imagine he hears some howling coming from the woods uh, that sounds a lot like kiva and so he will start to very carefully uh, move in that direction and when he when he does see her he'll hang back and just watch her a bit uh punching trees and shouting and just letting yeah. her vent yeah she sort of screams herself horse i think you know she uh she's very yeah definitely when he finds her she's sort of just like collapsed at her knees um hands in her lap there's some you know splinters there uh just like panting heavily and and uh and just like in the darkness uh of the forest you uh well it's a stupid question to ask if you're all right, but are you all right? You don't have to do this, you know, the checking in. I imagine Arthur sent you. Uh no, he's uh, he's busy chatting up with his uh, with his old lady. Hmm. Well, I'm sure he'll find me soon enough. I don't think they're worried about that right now. What is this? And he gestures flimsily at uh, uh, at the trees and at little uh, at uh, Kiva on the ground on her knees. Punishment, I think. For what? Making mistakes, upsetting people. Found I'm. Quite good at that. Well, I mean, it's a bit dramatic, isn't it? I 
Well, you, you sound pretty harsh and, and, and coarse and I can tell you've been screaming and judging by, by the in all these trees around y'all could say you've been punching them too kicking them maybe uh you know is it i'm not super wise but uh to forgive yourself for the things that you can't change about yourself and you know it's not easy right you know uh i know it could be an annoying shit uh I know that I don't take well to companionship, uh, to friendship, to any kind of ship, uh, really. Uh, you put me on a, on, a, on a galleon and I'm terrified. Uh, but I guess what I'm trying to say is is you don't get better punish, punishing yourself. I'm not trying to sound like, you know, the pity party over here, but um, I don't I don't know how else to deal with mistakes other than pain. Well, I mean, maybe that's a challenge, you know. It's not, again, it's not going to be easy, but yeah, figure out other ways out, you know, you and you see that he looks down uh, at his uh, wineskin and looks almost a bit uh, ashamed looking at it for a moment. You find, uh, you just find different ways, you know. I mean, none of them's perfect, right? You know, I. We all got, we all got pain. We all deal with it in different ways. I. And he's, you could tell that he's sort of trying to fight uh, the own admission of his. Yeah, of his, yeah. Uh, the, the kind yeah. of hypocrisy in his words. Kiva, um, Kiva looks at you and uh, just. Do you remember in Death House? That horrible place. I tried to uh, talk to you after your wineskin ran out. Uh, maybe yeah. I mean, it's all kind of a blur to me. Kind of try to block a lot of it out, repress it. Yeah. <laughs> Garrick, the the man that I used to um he liked to drink too, so his way of teaching lessons was um not as kind as his own way of dealing with pain. Yeah, I've never he's... quite been good at um delicate being delicate in my conversation or in my carriage I just broke things you know when I was younger my dad used to say I, I, I didn't know my own strength I messed things up for people I told you that the first night we were at the fire <laughs> I upset Lillison I'm sure I upset Amity and Earth and Deer. I... I just break things. So the only thing I know to do is to break myself after. I keep thinking I'm close to finding... a purpose, maybe good... kindness, and then I... 
do something like this. Say something stupid. Without even meaning to. <laughs> I thought it was a good idea. You know, it makes sense. Keep the boy someplace that no one else can get to him. And then... I should have known. She told me. She was locked in a tower like that. Oh. She told me a story that she insisted at the time was not true. About what she was made to do and, and be in that tower. I suggested the same thing for Victor. I should have known better. Well, if it's any kind of consolation, you haven't broke these people. At least, uh, you know, not. You haven't broken Arena. You haven't broken Amity or Randy. You haven't broken me. And I doubt you broke Lillison. She seems like a strong bird, you know. I think you think. You think you're breaking things when you just maybe. You're coming into to maybe a rough patch, a little bit of conflict, but you know it's natural. Everyone's gonna have a little bit, little bit of grit, a little bit of friction. You know, sometimes that friction's really fun. Sometimes it's not. But you get I, over it. I just want to make sure that I look. I I know what I want to do. To Strahd, I know, you know, I want to make sure that I'm worthy of the sacrifice that you all are making, too. Because I'm not doing this alone. And sometimes I feel like I'm just not worthy of the trust that you have in me. Of friendship. I want to do right by all of you. I do. I just have no idea how. Well, then you learn. And, you know, you got a couple hundred years to do it. That's true. Nothing but time. Well, you know, unless he kills us all. Your positivity is uh, astounding. But, you know, I've got to keep it real. Got to keep it 100. Shall like stand up after a while and and sort of like dust the the self pity off, like pick the splinters out of her hands. Hey, uh, come here, follow me. Okay, she will follow you. And yeah, I'd say given how deep Kiva probably went into the woods, we get back uh, after Randy and. Amity have finished, and as Metreon steps out of the woods, he looks over at the pair of them. Oh, we missed anything? Deer looks like, well, like he's seen a ghost, but in the bad way. But he kind of starts a bit when he sees Kiva. Oh, shit. I, uh, oh. Uh, Amity, uh, do you want to tell him? Um, alright. So... I I sent a, a, a sending to 
that um, that raven person with a sword. And? and he told us that. Well, he didn't know who the the prophecy was talking about, but that we should talk to people at the Blue Water Inn because maybe they'll know. Well, that's perfect. I think we were planning on doing that anyway. So that's it's good to know that they'll know something at least. It's one step closer to, to figuring out who else can help us, right? Amity nods. Where's Capital, Dan? Uh, Kiva, uh, follow me. Uh, and uh, Metreon's going to just kind of uh, smile at the both of them and it's going to head towards Esmeralda. Esmeralda oh, oh. is uh, kind of off to the side of the uh, encampment. Uh, she's kind of glancing toward Amity and Arathrindir with some no small amount of interest, but just kind of, you know, relaxing and, you know, watching the river go by. She gives oh, you a oh. nod as you approach. Oh. Oh, Amity calls after them. Also, um, maybe what Arathrindir wanted me to relay is that I managed to talk to a ghost. Wait, what? Yeah, Kiva would stop and, like, slowly turn around. <laughs> uh, I, I did this, like, um, I don't exactly know how to describe it, uh, seance thing, and called one of these, I, I think it was, um, or she said she, she was a, a, a Vistani spirit. And it was good. They wasn't like, you know, trying to kill you or nothing. Or lying. Amity shakes her head furiously. No, absolutely not. Well, look at our girl growing up there. Communing with spirits and all that. Just, uh, stay safe. You know, uh, Randy, you watch after her. Keep a keen eye. And she can... Of course, but she's perfectly capable of doing that herself. It was, well, I know, but sometimes, you know, the spirits can get unruly, so it's good to have backup. I'd prefer if one of y'all did that in the future, if you don't mind. Well, uh, this leads me to my point. Uh, Ace, can I see one of your swords? Hey, uh, I suppose so, might I ask why? Uh, well, uh, Kiva here is going to teach me how to sword fight. I am? Well, I she mean... Is? Well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty shit. Uh, at least I was in Kresk, you know, I was pretty useless. You know, I just got kind of froze up once uh, I got attacked by that ghoul or whatever it was. And uh, I, I feel like I can't rely on all this magic, you know, hocus pocus shit. You know, I, I should probably learn how to uh, defend myself in other ways, just in case uh, things get up close and personal again. Kiva looks very quizzical for a moment and then uh, and smiles very genuinely like more genuine than I think Metreon has probably ever seen from her um, even in their sort of casual not friendship um, yeah she'll she'll uh, she'll teach him how to sword fight Esmeralda kind of gives you an appraising look Alright, is there anything in particular that you're looking for? And these particular weapon? I mean, there's these short swords, there's a rapier, there's a hand axe. Oh, a rapier would weapons. look dashing with that beautiful complexion you've got. I don't know if it's in my wagon if you want to take a look, although I don't know if they're entirely fit for uh, 
Metreon's persuasion or favor of a uh, favored style. No, I'll, I'll take the, the rapier if you don't mind. Very, just, very um, cutthroat and dashing. If you had a cutlass, that would be even better. Hmm. Well, I cannot uh, speak to cutlass, but um, where you go? And she kind of like takes the rapier sliding out of its sheath and hands it toward him. Don't worry about uh, damaging it. Uh, you'll probably break before it does. And as you watch a kind of <laughs> glint of bluish light runs across the blade. Ooh! And it vanishes once more into the metal of the steel. Metrion might actually kick Kiva's ass with that. <laughs> Fancy. Well, shall we? Yeah, so she'll like, she'll, uh, she'll get into like a position. Um, we're obviously not going to roleplay this whole thing, but she'll get into a very like formal position. She's going to say, um, I did not learn in any sort of formal way. Um, Garrick was sort of like street fighter bastard. So then she loosens up her, her positioning, her form. Um, I learned sort of like a barroom brawl sort of sword fight. So if that seems amenable to you, I feel like you might pick it up quite well. Yeah, I mean, I love barrooms. There you go. And so she'll, uh... Oh, man. I... Serena is tempted to, like, have her just come at him and be like, that's how she learned, like, trial by fire. But um, she's, she'll teach him some, some uh, like, you know, blocking and slashing first, and then they'll move into, I'm assuming, uh, moderated fights with Esmeralda as the uh, referee. All right, Esmeralda is happy to take on that role, just kind of watching with some interest approvingly. Um, is there anything uh, Amity, Erthrandy, or Lillison would like to do uh, during this time? Uh, yeah. Erthrandir watches the training for like a solid 20 minutes. He seems like he's soaking the whole thing in rather intently, but eventually he kind of starts and then looking to where Lelison's been sitting, he tromps over to her. Lelison has apparently been standing in one place for, what is it, like an hour and a half now? Yeah, hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, she seems perfectly content to just be standing there. Earth and Deer will join her, just looking out at the river. I take it you ain't a talking mood. I'm willing to speak if there is something to talk about. <laughs> he laughs. That's fair. I'm sorry she hurt you. It's not me. It's... It is entirely possible that Victor is not worth all of this concern and consideration, but I want to see him have that chance. Then it is you. And that's... I'm, I'm the same way. That's... I was going to thank you, actually. Not for a, a... Not like for Pete stammering a bit. I'm bad at blending on when stuff bothers me, but like I... You were right to the point with why that was not a good idea. And I appreciate that. I'm, I'm learning to be that direct. And I guess I... I'm thankful that in the moment the kid had someone to look out for him who could say more than I could. 
I mean, I would not have guessed that you are somebody who is not used to speaking his mind. Yeah. In the sense that I'm loud and extroverted and often don't know when to shut up. That is not what I said, but if that is what you took from it, well, that says something about you, does it not? He kind of laughs a little bitterly. Point taken, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's hard to do when it matters. Like, you know, kind of, I was told, I was telling Metreon about magic earlier and what I kept coming back to was that it's all about control, you know? Power's easy. Control is absurdly hard. And I've kind of... I guess taken that to heart a little too much. That, you know... It's fine if you're... Vibrant and you... But as, lo as long as it's not something that's ever going to hurt anybody... She looks over to him with this bitter, amused little smile. Control is the hardest thing of all. Yes. Damn right. Look, I don't have anything particularly profound to say. I've had one of the longer days in my long existence, but... We're, we're gonna take care of Victor. And more to the point, no one's going to put you in a tower or put you somewhere you don't want to be for control or for safety or for anyone else ever again. They don't get that. They never get that. Lillison stares at him, and the sort of like, I am okay with it now expression that she has been wearing uh, starts faltering a little bit. I'm, Kiva, I'm serious. Go Kiva ahead. said, and I know that she is correct, she said that this tower is different, that it could be a refuge as well, and that is accurate. I know that Victor's circumstances are actually unique and not just a metaphor. I... I need to remember that. Wars are not won entirely with symbolism. He shakes his head. Maybe not. But metaphors and symbolism, if they mean that much to you, and they do to me, then it does count. Maybe he's not you. 
Maybe he's not me, although I share a lot more with him than I'd like to admit to most folks. But that doesn't make you wrong, and that doesn't make her right. Maybe what he needs is a nice, sterile environment where he can calm down. But I don't think he does. I think what he needs, and he's just looking directly at her now, is people to help him figure shit out. That's why I took him to Casimir. I, I had an inkling that he knew more than he was saying and that he was competent at minimum, that he's... He's one of the folk, one of the folks who will care about people, even if they don't have, you know, because they should. I trust that. And if we need, if the right move is to stick him in the tower where nothing, no hurt can ever be done, then fuck the right move. But the move that produces somebody who we could trust to be around us and watch our backs, and more to the point, who's a person that we can be with is one who didn't get shut away, but one who had folks who were patient with him and told him off when he did stuff wrong, but was there for him when he did stuff right. And that's kind of all there is to it. Flowers don't grow without life, and he's not going to get better in an empty room with no skylights. She stares down at her feet for a while and then says, What... What is the most painful thing that you see of yourself in him? <laughs> right to the point, eh? He looks out at the water. There was a time... When I was young, right after Austria, you understand? When I was just so angry. Angry at the world for allowing this. Angry at Thay. Angry at myself for not being able to do anything. Angry for running, for letting people who were less fortunate there to die. And just angry at helplessness. Angry at... Even the most powerful people I knew could do nothing. Then what could I do but a shadow of nothing? And if I hadn't had my parents and my family and the community to fall back on, then I would have been Victor. <laughs> no, no, I let me rephrase that. I would have been worse. Victor, Victor grew up without knowing people. He doesn't get people. I do. I grew up with lots of folks. I can manipulate, I can lie, I can do all of that. And so I just know that if I hadn't had someone to help me talk to my anger and realize that its name was grief, then I then I wouldn't want to be Earth there anymore. I I couldn't take it. Lillison steps forward and reaches out a hand uh, and hesitates just before uh, actually touching Aerithrandir's shoulder. He 
leans into the touch almost reflexively. Extremely awkwardly, uh, she is going to step in and give him a hug. P returns it in the one who's not really used to being touched. Uh, yeah, same. <laughs> gang. I'm just... I'm not saying that I would have turned out to be a murderer, you know? But it's like you said, it's like control's not easy. And I know if I'd had a little less motive to be good, to be kind, to think about other people, then it's so easy to let go. Do you find that control of your magic and control of your morals are so tightly bound together? I wish I knew. I think so, but I thought so. I'm not sure that's true anymore. And it scares the shit out of me. Which part? He takes a long breath. That... I guess that you don't want to hear. And then he shakes himself. You fucking asked. I did. I guess I convinced myself that if... If I did things right... If I only learned the good kind of magic and only used it for good purposes and stayed true and never manipulated anybody's mind and never turned it against anyone who didn't deserve it and fought only in self-defense and did the th and never called upon song or influence or that if I kept to what I knew was true that it'd be okay. But it's not. It doesn't it doesn't fucking matter. Like, what, what, why would we do with our magic? Like, how we treat all that? It's. It, it doesn't matter, does it? it? It just. It's not like we're gonna find the way to make it not hurt people. You just have. To have to know what you're using it for. It matters exactly as much as anything else we do matters, which is only appropriate considering that it is part of us, is it not? Yeah, but it's not, mine's not the same as yours. Yours is from, you're, my, I, I made this choice, you never had that chance. Erythrindir can feel Lillison, like, kind of tense up a little bit, um, but after a moment, she relaxes again and, uh, you know, pats his back. I... I will... Oh, gods, I hate this. 
I <laughs> will tell you the truth because all the parts of it have already been taken out of my mouth already. And I know that you are too clever not to put the pieces together anyway. Isides Winterstar, the strategist. Your family. My father. So I, the man your, your brother idolized. The man we to. both idolized. And I so wish that I had even a fraction of what he... He has insight, you understand? He is the one that this land truly needs, not me. And... My brother, my brothers and I, we learned from him from a very young age until I was no longer allowed. And I have been trying to piece together a larger picture from the small pieces that I had, whatever I can remember, just as a sort of guiding direction as to what to do here. Has it worked? I suppose we won't know that until the next time that we're tested. I suppose not. Although if you'll allow me to be sentimental again, then I think what's kept us alive might be Asiety's Winter Star. But it's also been Lelison Winter Star. If that's a name you wish to claim. If not, then I'll throw it in the water and we'll not speak of it again. I'm not ashamed of it, exactly, but it is easier to... I mean... I represented myself to you as somebody who served in a great house and... That, of course, was not precisely true, although none of the individual words that I said at the time were lies, but it is easier to gain knowledge and insight when you have that flexibility. I suppose so. Thank you for trusting me with that. I mean, it's not as if I exactly had a choice after Madame Ava said what she did, but I do still trust you with this knowledge. Yeah, no, I'm... I know it's... I've had a dear friend who dealt with something similar. You gotta... You hope you get to say it yourself before somebody else says it for you. I guess I'm 
I don't, I guess I don't have a lot more to say, to be honest. I'm just grateful to know you, whether you're a tactician or not, whether you're, whether you, he, if you're, you know, if what we all keep circling around is true and that it's inevitable we're going to be hurt each other, then, well, I think you've and done and will do far more to make that hearth worth the pain of knowing you. She blinks a couple of times, um, absentmindedly pats Aerithrin Deer's back again, and then, like, finally steps away from the hug, <laughs> um, and says, I... I would say that I want all of this to be over, but that isn't entirely true. I want to have achieved a victory here before we all hurt each other too badly. Me too. I've... I don't... I'm not ready to go back to what I was, to what I was doing. Not ever again, I don't think. And... If, if what if what this puts us through then if we can kill this vampire then we can make choices after that I suppose we can I'll say that if you're determined not to hurt me then you'll find I'm a very stubborn bugger if what if you are... Are you asking to be hurt? I mean, not should... in the way I might ask someone. Should we, <laughs> There's should a we... tiny bit of a blush, and then he's just like, not... Should we tell like, Amity? No! I mean... Uh, okay, putting that whole kettle of fish aside and shoving it in the corner where it belongs... She, she is smirking so much. Yes. I am asking to be hurt. Because the alternative is not getting to know you. Or, or Kiva, or Metreon, or Amity. You've all hurt me. Quite a bit. It sucked. But it has been far outweighed by the pleasure that getting to know you has brought me. And the edification, and the light, and the change. So yeah, no. Lay it the fuck on me. Lillison gives Erythrindir a very skeptical and confused look. I... um... I will continue to endeavor... to be close to people and not hurt them. That is... my promise. To you. Thank And I promise that... Well, actually, I don't know. What do you... If you... What do you need from me? If anything at all. I don't know. 
I would continue to have you as an ally, but I suspect we are far past the that particular point of I don't exactly trust any of the others to do the right thing all the time. And I don't think that their hearts are in the wrong place, and I don't think that they are setting out to be bad people or anything like that, but... dear, I think that of everybody here. You and Esmeralda are the only ones that I believe would take whatever pain the world throws at you and hold it and still continue moving in the right direction and not lose sight of our goals here. That is high goddamn praise. And I will do my best to continue to do so. Thank you. She gives him a very crisp nod. Well, I uh, should probably get back to the others. I, uh... I mentioned swimming at one point before this day turned into a clusterfuck. I'll test the mood, see if it's right. I never learned how to swim. Would you like to? Mm. Not right now, I don't think. Fair After. Enough. Seeing the last small body of water be lanced by a lightning bolt out of the middle of a clear sky. Um, Fair. Then I'll then I'll have I'll have it to myself. It'll be fun. See if I can't give Amity a little show. And then just <laughs> Which y'all are welcome to look. <laughs> you know what? After the pain, we're not we're not discussing this. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So, are the two of you heading back to the others then? Yes. Wilson right. will follow. You know, somewhat more slowly, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Arthur are leading the way. Lillison slightly dragging behind. You make your way back through the underbrush toward where the others have gathered along the banks of the river. As you do, the sound of metal clanging against metal reaches your ears. As you see. Uh, Kiva and Metreon uh, locked in what seems to be a sparring match of some kind. Esmeralda uh, and Amity standing nearby. Ismark and Irene are not far away. Um, you see the flash of metal against metal as the two go back and forth, not seeming violently, but you see almost a half smirk on Kiva's face, a look of concentration on Metreon's. Uh, and as this uh, sparring match goes on, I will need Kiva and Metreon to each make uh, three weapon attacks all right please uh contested so first round second round third round so please both of you tell me what you get for uh, the first all right right, my first one's a 17. sorry i'm trying to get into my sheet 
So that's going to be an 11. For the first one. Uh, the second one right. is... So Kiva got a 17 for the first one. And yes. Metreon 10. All right, so Kiva, you easily take the first round. Though Metreon seems to be moving... You, you feel yourself moving a bit more quickly than usual. Uh, you feel that the rapier almost is balanced perfectly in your hand, somewhat beyond it, but... Nonetheless, Kiva takes the first round. Uh, second round is a 23 for me. Second round is a 19 for Metreon. Okay, once more. This time, Metreon moving a bit quicker. His technique's moving more in line with what you taught him. You have to kind of, like, caution him at one point when he overstretches himself. And the next time, he doesn't make the same mistake. But you're just a bit quicker, a bit more experienced, and Kiva takes the second round. All right, this one's... I have a feeling he's going to get me. He's going to get me in this last one. This one's for you, Ez. This one's for you, Ismark. This one's for you, Arena. Let's go. That's a 23. Oh, my God! Yeah, it's <laughs> a so 14 on our last one. <laughs> All right, on that last one, uh, Kiva, you reach forward uh, with your own uh, scimitar as Metreon parries with the rapier. He kind of twists off balance for a moment, and as he does, he kind of pushes, slicing inside with the rapier and actually kind of wrapping... Uh, a bit of it around the blade of the scimitar, just twisting enough to throw you off balance and then swiping across the side of your chest enough to make you stumble. As you feel your foot go out from under you in the mud, you- Can I, can I add something? You may. Um, so as I do that, as I'm about to strike, uh, Kiva would see for just a moment as my face turns into Irena's and I blow her a kiss and then I s slam her into the chest with a rapier. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, she- Again, like for a blue-skinned elf, um, it's sort of, she just, I guess, blushes purple. I don't know, like a lavender, um, what that looks like. But she just looks very embarrassed and looks over at Irina and is like hoping that Irina didn't notice it. Uh, and, um, mm -hmm. and and like hoping that she didn't notice it and uh, just looks very embarrassed, but also incredibly proud. Like, just like very mom eyes proud at Metreon. Uh, unless Metron would have desired it, I would presume that his back was to the audience when he pulled that move. Unless uh, you want yeah. to show it. Yeah. Okay, then yeah, it doesn't seem like anyone noticed, Kiva. Okay, good, yeah. So her embarrassment goes away, and it's just, like, searing pride. She sort of gets up and, like, mom tackle hugs, like, after a soccer match, when you just sort of, like, grab your kid. Um, that sort of hug. <laughs> oh, did you all get it? Just took me a incredible. little bit. Incredible. No, it's incredible. So good. You're... It's like you're a natural. That's amazing. And uh, Metreon sort of uh, swaggerly uh, saunters over to uh, Esmeralda and uh, as uh, lavishly and uh, well, just over the toply <laughs> uh, bows and uh, presents the rapier back to Esmeralda. Milady. Esmeralda claps, raising an eyebrow. Very good. Uh I am proud to have uh, bestowed my rapier on such a uh, provincial student, prodigal. Uh, and she takes it, uh, offers a bow of her own. And Kiva, those were some excellent moves. Why, I think I picked up a thing or two watching. Very well played, you two. And she turns and offers a small wave as well to the returning Erythrondir and Lilosin. Holy shit, y'all. That was... Erythrondir is watching the end of the fight. That... Metreon, that was incredible. Oh no! And he uh, he brushes his nails against his uh, lapels of his jacket and just kind of blows them off. Yeah, no, God, I I gotta try sparring with y'all sometime. I'm a little rusty, but y'all were 
the two of you. God damn. As the as a group of you kind of looks out over um, the aftermath of the sparring match, Kiva and Metron still sweating and breathing a bit hard, you hear uh, heavier footsteps coming from the direction of the camp through the uh, grass and somewhat squelchy, muddy earth. And as a yolk, you see a taller, somewhat heavy-set uh, Vistani man uh, with uh, long black hair that falls down around his shoulders in long curls, um, uh, olive skin similar to Esmeralda, uh, but kind of very deep green, slightly jovial eyes. Uh, you can see his hair is tied back with a reddish-orange bandana, and he wears kind of a simple white tunic below a, a bright red vest. He offers you a faint wave and a grin as he approaches. Good afternoon, friends, or perhaps I should say uh, good evening. It is getting a bit late. Couldn't help but notice that you are so out here beyond uh, fire, uh, so that me and my friends might uh, invite you along, uh, enjoy the warmth of uh, the campfire as uh, the day becomes night. Evening is approaching, yes? We would be more than glad to welcome you. Oh, it, yeah, please. That'd be lovely. Yeah, we would Really? We would love to have you by a fire. Uh, forgive me, I... Madam Eva Cizol, but I do not. I am Parpol. So what was your name? Parkour? Parpol. Par... Parpol. P-A-R-P-O-L. Oh, Parpol. Kiva's just going... Kiva's just going to say purple, because that... With her accent anyway, it sort of... <laughs> becomes purple, purple yeah. anyway. <laughs> that is close enough. Please, come, my friends, and introduce yourselves along the way. It is always wonderful to have new company. Yeah. Everything dear will kind of look at Amity. You coming, darling? Oh, absolutely. Um, all right, bring us to the party, Papo. Mm -hmm, of course. Come along. And he uh, brings you along. You pass through a few of the uh, red uh, kind of uh, conic tents uh, with kind of uh, tilted roots to the top and small entrances jutting out, uh, propped up by uh, timber wood. Uh, making your way past them toward the uh, edge of the wagons, brightly colored with barrel roofs, and toward the fire, where you can now see beneath the darkening uh, grayish uh, indigo sky uh, several of the other Vistani, uh, some of them uh, young or old, um, though not approaching the age of Madame Ava, it seems. Um, they greet you with waves and uh, offer you places to sit along the fire if you so choose. Dragon, is he hot? Uh... I mean, he's def the purple. Yeah, uh, he definitely is pretty heavy, uh, like lumberjack vibes, but no beard. Okay, so like stocky trade. Okay, good. Yeah, told yeah. me he's a seventy-nine out of a hundred. So okay. like, like, like this, th you can tell that this guy like enjoys sweets. Mm, I'm into that. Okay, got it. Very cool. All right. Uh, with that, uh, you kind of settle into comfortable positions around the campfire um, as the late afternoon begins darkening into dusk, the gray light fading slightly as the light of the bonfire leaps and burns, throwing crackling embers up into the air. It's comforting, and, you know, there's occasional bits of song and wine is passed around if anyone would like it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, absolutely. Very much so. 100%. Oh, yeah. Please. Lovely. And as you do, uh, kind of partaking and uh, enjoying the space and the warmth and the slight peace, um, you hear uh, uh, a woman approaching, and uh, she has, you know, a similar bandana to uh, purple, uh, but you can see uh, um, a very long, like, uh, reddish dress that is covered with uh, spots of uh, 
yellowish floral designs and imprints along it all the way on the bottom. Um, long earrings, like actually past your shoulders, just chains of silvery bronze carved in the shape of floral uh, designs. Um, and as, and as uh, she does, you see Parple turn over. Yvonne, it's been a while since uh, we've heard one of your tales. How about you recount something for our guests? The woman, Yvonne, turns uh, toward the group of you. Well, it is always a pleasure to uh, welcome newcomers to our fires. Might I count you as appreciators of stories? Please. But of course. And, uh, of course. Well, there's ones that I do know quite well, in fact, because I saw it myself with my own eyes. Gathering close, and I shall tell you uh, a tale that took place, well, it's a not-so-distant past, and I assure you, every word of this tale is true. She leans in close to the fire, her eyes glittering in the ember light. A mighty wizard came to this land over a year ago. I remember him like where it was yesterday. He stood exactly where you're standing. A very charismatic man he was. He thought he could rally the people of Barovia against the Devil's Strad. He stirred them with thoughts of revolt and bore them to the castle en masse. When the vampire appeared, the wizard's peasant army fled in terror. A few stood their ground and were never seen again. But the wizard and the vampire cast spells at each other. The battle flew from the courtyards of Ravenloft to a precipice overlooking the falls. I saw the battle with my own eyes. She puts her hands out on either side of her. Thunder shook the mountainside and great rocks tumbled down upon the wizard. She holds out a finger. Yet... By his magic, he survived. Lightning from the heavens struck the wizard, and again he stood his ground. But, and this time you see the flames dancing like twisting demons in the whites of her eyes. When the devil's stride fell upon him, the wizard's magic couldn't save him. She steps away from the flames. As she slowly shakes her head, the firelight dimming. I saw him thrown a thousand feet to his death. I climbed down to the river to search for the wizard's body to see if you know, and she shrugs, looking a bit sheepish. He had anything of value. But the river Ivelis had already spirited him away. She smiles, takes another step back, and then offers a slight bow. And so ends another tale lost in the mists of Barovia. There's huh. a deer claps vigorously. I Amity mean, claps somewhat, but sort of grits her teeth. Lillison raises her eyebrows for a moment, claps a little bit, and then says, Do you happen to know his name? Hmm. She looks thoughtful for a moment. I do not, I'm afraid. I think it sounded important, though. I cannot remember the specifics. Oh, but a very important need was, or thought he was at any rate. As for what he is now, well, I imagine the fishes will see to that. 
Well, this, uh, this story filled me with a, a terrible sense of dread, so, you know, I'm, uh, I think I might turn in early tonight. Thank you. But of course. Always glad to uh, do what one can. That is what stories are for, yes? To let us feel the things that we cannot otherwise feel. Oh, no, I've been feeling pretty dreadful, but thank you. You're getting good. You're getting, you're great delivery. She nods, kind of inclining her head, and then shrugs. Well, regardless, thank you for listening to my tale. But I do hope you enjoy your stay. Are you staying long with our camp? We'll probably be leaving tomorrow. Unfortunately, it's been a lovely time. Fairly fair, but... And she kind of steps back and you watch as, as the shadows cross her face and then recede with the firelight. She gives a nod and a smile. Well, you will have to uh, rest well and eat hearty before you are to go. So please, do enjoy hospitality. And uh, do let me know if you'd like to hear other stories. It's always a pleasure to have guests. If, if you do have any other stories that maybe aren't about being terrorized by the vampire who's terrorizing us. Ah, but of course, perhaps we can discuss later over, uh, over a proper hot meal, yes? Oh yeah, I mean, she, yeah, you, you had me at meal. <laughs> but of course, well, relax, enjoy your stay, get comfortable, and well, we can talk more of tales later. And she bows again and steps away uh, to some polite applause from her companions and uh, enters one of the wagons, leaving you back at the campfire alone. Mitrion leans in. Was that supposed to be reassuring in some capacity? I think not at all. Okay, good. I'm not crazy then. Either a warning or a threat, depending on how you how you phrase it. Or maybe just exciting, but really not for this audience. <laughs> yeah, we are kind of uniquely the... He kind of like counts heads the large number of people in this land who would be particularly, you know, sensitive to that one. Perhaps taking our measure. Or she just has fun messing with tourists. It's a grand yes. tradition. Yes, that as well. Well, you know, we could maybe just get Victor and have him, you know, uh, in place of that, that wizard and, you know, just uh, have the two of them go at it and then soften him up a bit, you know? Please. Sorry, yeah, I don't it's, hard not I... To, it's hard not to make make a laugh out of it. Sorry. I appreciate you trying. Thank you. What are you so sour for, anyway? I... It's been a long day. I... I don't know what we're doing. I'm scared, I'm homesick, and I think I just realized that... I think it's my birthday. Yeah. Hmm. How do you figure that? Well, it's a middle of, you know, fall moving towards winter, right? Like, there's just a feeling in the air. I, I think it's, I, I've lost track of the calendar, but feels right. Hmm. Interesting. Well, well maybe we should, uh... We, we need to celebrate this, then. I mean, yeah. we can bake something here. Something sweet. I'm sure you can, you know, you're pretty skilled with that kind of thing. I, I I don't know if I have any presents. Huh? I'm sure you have the one that he wants, so you're all good there. 
the pleasure of getting to know her and be her. Yes, that one. The only pleasure that can ever be found from a relationship. Sure, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the one I was talking about. Earthendeer is going very red. In that case, what present would you like from the rest of us? He kind of looks around. Honestly, as cheesy as this sounds, getting to know y'all is enough. Maybe lay off the dork jokes for a day. I don't know. Fine. They do well, weigh on I me. will sweeten the pot. I will not insult you for another... At least until we rest the next time. Isn't that in like an hour? Well, no, I mean the next time, you know. So from like, from the time that we go to sleep tonight to the time that we go to sleep tomorrow, you ah, will yes. be safe from my barbs and jabs. Forced march tomorrow for 16 hours, I believe that sounds like. like 16 <laughs> hours? You you may force yourself to march. I am going to be stopping when it's obvious we're hitting fatigue. We we could take turns riding in the wagon. Actually, we can we can give Earthendir more time in the wagon because it's they, you have a leg brain. That all right? Just the, the the no insult sounds nice, and also the cake. Maybe tomorrow that would be lovely. I love you all. Thank you for being less shitty than the people I used to know. There's Let's my sentimentality the for the day. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Oh, I said just less shitty is, is the best we could all hope for, isn't it? Mm, I don't know. You're, you're How pretty many candles? Uh, 140. I have no idea what that translates to. Um. <laughs> no. You're officially you older than me, then. Hey... Oh, you God, know, no, neither no. of you look a day past 100, so. <laughs> Why, thank you. That's very kind. In 500 years, I can start finally growing facial hair. There you go. Does it truly Do I take... start growing facial hair in 500 years? I hope so. I don't know, will you? I have no idea. How do elves work? Earth would you laugh. Wait, are you serious? I mean, well, my you... father died when I was like. 17 so wait 17 in my years or 17 in your years like 17 in my years yeah oh that's what like 45 50 no i think she means 17 she actual means years actual oh yeah. okay well you know it's yeah. kind of like she you was know, a baby it's kind of like you know cats and dogs you know uh you know. metrion what no, 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 I don't take offense at it. I just, I, I truly don't know much about elves. Oh. So all of it is sort of new. Then no. Uh, in, in, well, I mean, unless you are, unless there are certain things about you you haven't told us, which is entirely your right, then no, probably not. But, and if you ever want to like a crash course on the weird shit, I'm around. I know far more about elf lore than anyone really should. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. I, I probably should learn some stuff. I just know that it, I, one hundred and thirty-five is not normally look this nice. So, well, good news. You're going to stay this way for another five hundred years or so. Woof. Yeah, 
The good news is we stay. Good news is we get to keep the same look. The bad news is we get to keep the same look. Is is this the part where, where you say? And she looks over to Metreon uh, as if for guidance. Where we say that at least there'll be tens for centuries. Yeah, and he does a really obvious uh, wink towards uh, Erythrindir, uh and looks back at Lillison. Yeah, they'll both be tens for, you know, like 300 to 500 years. You promised no insults, I'm not, I said you were a ten. You said he I was a three an hour ago. Well, that was an hour <laughs> ago. Now you're a ten. Like, like, touched. <laughs> now you're both tens, and then, you know, uh, tomorrow night, you know, you may drop down to three. You may, you know, be hover about careful. a four or five. Be very careful with what you say, Metreon. I've logged your promise. Oh, you're going to keep me honest, then? I'm willing to slap you. She can Good. summon Wait. ghosts now, too, to, like, haunt you and stuff. Yeah, find a ghost of my dignity. Hanging out with you lot. Nah, no, I think that's been dead too long. Hmm. You see that he wants to say something, but he just purses his lips, uh, Daenerys style, and smiles. <laughs> birthday, birthday, birthday. <laughs> All right, then. Well, uh, shall we get to our various activities before bed? A party of tens and one singular 1.5. Oh, wait, we should, you know, it's your birthday. Don't you, you know, you, you, I haven't had one personally, but I've seen them. You know, you, you play games on your, on your birthday, right? There's a look of slight terror in Erythrindir's eyes. I mean, sure, what do y'all have in mind? First dinner? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, dinner's a given, but we gotta figure out the game. And uh, Metran looks over at Amity. Got any ideas? Um, I I imagine that Erythrindir wouldn't want something where we all get extremely sloshed tempting, but we probably do need to be cogent tomorrow. Yeah, suit yourself. We could think about it. Maybe we should just get some food in our bellies first. Yeah, works for me. I'd be down for another round of Never Have I Ever. That was a fun one. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. First, let's see what we can put together from rations and a good campfire. Yeah, now we got uh, Ez over there and uh, Ez, Mark, and Irina. They're going to uh, join in on the fun. Oh, God. Oh, we're going to hear some things tonight. And uh, Metran looks over and smiles and winks at Esmeralda. Esmeralda doesn't seem to be entirely sure what she's winking back about, but she winks back nonetheless. Is this one of those games that requires an impartial referee? No. Please. Unless you... No. Kiva does lean into Metreon and go, you know, you could probably get Ismark and Esmeralda if you keep going like that. I mean, probably, but what are you going on about? I'm just saying, you feel like the type of person that's more of a threes company guy, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not really the, the any company kind of guy, you know, at least not more, for, more than a, maybe a night, too, if you know. I'm really having fun, or you're paying I'm not suggesting. I'm not suggesting a marriage or anything. We've only got one dress. We'll talk about it later. All right. So as you assemble your meals, uh, 
drinks and other celebrations uh, in honor of Erthrandir's birthday and another day being alive, which is itself its own form of gift. Um, the sky steadily darkens the grayish blues of dusk fading into the inky black with the clouds of the overcast Peruvian sky overhead. The bonfire is still a bright, burning orange-red light leaping in the darkness, but as you will, you're able to assemble yourselves and enjoy what you can of the night remaining. Is there anything particular you would like to do before turning in for the night? No, I mean, other than eat and play games, uh, I would like to insight check Arisandir uh, to see if it is actually his birthday. Uh, go for it. Four. <laughs> this man's hard to read. You don't know. <laughs> could, be, could be in July. Oh, Every time you inside the room, love it. All right, yeah. so, yep. Lillison yeah. will probably ask to see Esmeralda's map again, and then she's going to pull out one of her books and, like, just look at the map, scribble some notes, look at the map again, like, do the thing where you hold your fingers apart, like, a certain distance, uh, and, like, sort of hold it up against the map at various places, um, and you know, in general, doing stuff like that. Yeah, Erythrindir okay. has two small things to do, but one of them will wait till everyone's asleep. Well, I bet. Oh, <laughs> motherfucker! <laughs> Is there anything else other than uh, innuendo that anyone would like to do before turning in for the night? No? All right. I mean, I'm... Then, yeah. Then one by one, uh, each of you, as you please, uh, assembles your bedrolls, uh, your sleeping arrangements, and is able to settle down for the evening. Uh, the two elves, staying awake uh, a bit, though, Kiva, I imagine you would be entrancing at some point. Yeah, as soon as she probably could. She doesn't like to be uh, out for too long. All right. Um, with that, as you look at the others around you, the Vistani having withdrawn to their tents or their wagons as it, as it be, and as uh, Kiva trances and you kind of look beside you, you see Amity snoring softly. Uh, you hear the soft ripple of the water against the shores. Yeah. Is there anything that you would like to do in the darkness of night? Erthrandir looks at the others, kind of mostly to make sure Kiva's not looking at him. Then he just smiles down at Amity, kisses her sleeping forehead, and then heads out to the shore of the lake. He disrobes, he go walks a bit along the shore and then disrobes quickly and quietly and swims out towards the center. The water is icy cold, but I imagine that Erthrandir has had his share of uh, uncomfortably chilled swims in the past, so if anything, it's somewhat welcoming. Yeah. No, there's a smile on his face as he kind of rolls around cheerily doing the backstroke as he heads towards the deepest part. And once he's kind of in the center, in the center with the silence and the mist all around him, he floats for a long moment, 
taking a deep breath. And then, in the quiet, he begins to hum. It's not a song any of you would recognize if you could even hear it. Something almost orchestral, something with soaring winds and... He closes his eyes. And as he does, he says almost to himself, All right. New life. New beginnings. New chances. And he's going to cast Shape Water. You feel the spell take hold as you form the necessary components. Is there a particular uh, shape uh, that you would like the water to assume? He's going to bend it into... He's going to see if he can muster the control to bend it into the shape of a mermaid and then freeze it in place. You do so easily enough, bringing it up to the surface of the water uh, and then twisting it, contorting. You see small twirls and flourishes that slowly with a sculptor's eye form themselves the water constantly running and whirling in on itself forming the rough shape of a humanoid but where its torso ends instead of legs you see a long flowing tail formed of flowing water for a moment it's beautiful and then you hear rather feel just against the side of your arcane senses the icy chill a creeping cold and darkness that you felt every time you've cast magic in this place as the water you've shaped turns a deep blood red. But for that moment, before that corruption took cold, you saw something beautiful. He furrows his brow and kind of like almost addresses the air. Fine. You're going to twist things. You're going to convince me that this is wrong, that that I'm bad for even trying. But that's you. I saw it. I saw it. It was fine. This is fine. And you're gonna you're not gonna stop me from trying. Go to hell, Barovia. And then he dives deep beneath the water and then swims back to shore. Okay. And as you do, you're not sure, but you think you see as you release the spell, the reddish tinge fading back to a dark blue. Whatever corruption that magic can be wrought upon here, it seems it doesn't have to be permanent. As you feel the threads of magic unwind and the water returns to its place flowing amidst the river. And you breach the shore. P settles down to bed. Okay. As you do, you hear a faint chirp from the uh, tree branches nearby, a faint chittering. Looking up, you see a beady set of reddish eyes looking at you from the boughs of the canopy. Then a second, then a third. And a small, black, leathery-furred, winged shape, just a tree of them, eyeing you from the distance. Deer just kind of eyes them 
And then he raises his wand. You don't get this, motherfucker. Fly back and tell him that you are that he is no one's master. Not theirs, not yours, and not mine. One squeaks again and just tilts its head, watching you with that cold red gaze. Fine. If you insist. <laughs> and, hmm. He is going to cast fear at these three. Actually, no, no. We, we just had the thing. It's a burp. No, yeah, fuck it. Fear. Get him out of there. All right, uh, which way are you casting it? Your usual way? No. Or, God, this is hard. Yeah, no, he, he like, starts to, like, you know, blast them away with the usual instinctual wash of energy. And then he stops. He closes his eyes. And then he raises his wand, almost like a conductor's baton instead of a weapon. And then he casts, and then he casts the spell. All right. And as you weave the wand through the air, not like a wand, not carving the runes that you're so familiar, you feel yourself giving into something more familiar, more comforting and yet stranger. A bubbling of energy, of magic that you felt that you've carried that as a waiting to be heard. And as you raise the wand to the air, like the baton, for the first time in a long time, you let it loose. And instead of the runes through the air, you hear the distant sound of strings, violin, viola, a deep baritone cello that rumbles through the night's air. And with a flourish of your wand, the music that comes from everywhere and nowhere twists like the screeching of nails upon chalkboards screaming through the air for a moment, a terrible scratch and a swirl of twisted shadow of demonic energies and faces thrashes through the air toward the bats as you release the orchestral wave. The bats screech, two of them flying away instantly, the other one chirping in trepidation and swiftly following after its companions. And the music slowly fades. Let's wake anybody up. Uh, no, it's, you kind of wandered a bit away from the rest of the camp, and it seems to have been localized for the moment, just quietly around you. He looks down at his hands, and a genuine smile starts to grow across his face. Well, new things it is, then. Happy birthday to me. Yeah, he goes to bed. Curls up by his girlfriend, though not too close, because she does not like that. Very fair. And with that, you return to your rest, letting yourself fall into the meditative trance as you prepare yourself for the day's journey and uncovering that is to come. And as you do, the night sky darkens over Barovia, the great clouds drifting overhead as the bonfire slowly burns down to its embers. And that is where we will leave it for today. Ah... Uh action-packed. <laughs>
drama packed. So far, so much drama. Can't and so much we backstory. Made it all the way back to the Abbot. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> next week is what Castle Ravenloft final battle, right? Oh, that's fast. Don't denigrate it. No, that oh, was yeah. fun. Yeah, no, it was great. Everyone was on point, and I love that we finally have more of uh, the listens back. Yeah, amazing, yeah, amazing. Kaya, incredible. MVP of the episode. Oh, oh yeah. thank you. Um, did we get enough role playing XP to level up? Yeah, I think we did. Uh, <laughs> level eight, Sorry. level eight now. Are we... Level eight, level eight. You guys are like the goddamn seagulls in Finding Nemo. Just level, 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 level. level. Alas, no. Uh, but you can you you can level in your hearts. You can. But you can I'd have rather level, level my character sheet. On, but like That's on the nice. sheet too. Yeah. No. No. The, are you sorry. sure? I'm very sure. I'm sorry. Okay. Well. Not not even a little bit of leveling as a treat. Uh, I'll we tell like, you what you can. You can like start writing it next to your current level and then delete it. But for that instant, you can you know kind of hope in your heart that you'll be allowed to finish the numeral. Oh, it's like it's like a callback to the magic thing that you just did, where like it's mm. a brief. Oh, see, that's intentional. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, everything I do is intentional and not pulled out of my ass. Hundred percent. There you go. Love it. You heard all it right. here first, kids. DMing is no <laughs> improv at all. It is all planned in advance. Everything Beautiful. is planned. Oh yes, one hundred percent. All right. Well. Thank you to everyone for joining us today. Welcome to what uh, promises to be, I hope, a uh, fun continuation as Twice Bitten goes on. Uh, as always, we will see you back in the mists next week. Until then, take care when unwinding the riddles of the future. And well, take care otherwise. We'll see you next week.